Hi guys and welcome back to Teacher Talk where we will be covering um, the same article from the first episode, What Teachers Need to Know About Language. We will just be covering um, the second half of this article. So in the second half of this article, it um, outlines a set of questions about uh, what the average classroom teacher should be able to answer, um, and it identifies topics that teachers and other educators should have knowledge of when it comes to written and or language. So it says that we simply provide a no doubt incomplete listing of issues and a brief justification for the relevance to classroom practice of each in the hope that those with greater expertise in teacher education can think about how to make this knowledge available to classroom practitioners. So I think that this will outline and um, highlight some key points for teachers, specifically teachers who um, may teach language like English or language arts or teachers who may teach science or teachers who teach a second language. Um, I think that this is for teachers of all subjects. And um, we start with oral language. So um, one of the takeaways that I took from oral language is oral language functions as a foundation for literacy and as a means of learning inside school and outside of school. However, despite, it, despite its importance for learning, many teachers know much less about oral language than they need to know. And one of the first questions, um, there's a lot of questions. I want to say like maybe six questions and we won't go through them all. I'll just go through the ones that I think are really important um, for oral language. One of the questions is, what are the basic units of language? Um, teachers need to know that spoken language is composed of different uh, of units of different sizes, which means sounds, morphemes, um, phonemes, phrases, sentences, and discourses. So, if you do not know exactly all of the different units that um, language is composed of, I can imagine you'll have um, a difficulty teaching these things to students specifically students who are um, who are learning English maybe as a second language because English is a very tricky um, language and in some cases it is believed to be one of the hardest languages to learn and since language I mean English is my first first native language it seems crazy to me but all of the different people that I know that speak different languages, they all say the same thing. So it makes it a little more believable. And one of the second questions that stuck out to me that, um, that stood out to me, I'm sorry, what's regular and what isn't? How do forms relate to each other? An important part of acquiring a voc vocabulary suitable for academic context is learning how to parse newly encountered words into their component parts rather than simply treating complex words as long words. In many cases, the context in which a word is used and the recognition of familiar morphemes assist in interpreting and remembering words. So even for me, as an adult, when let's say I hear someone use a new word that I'm not familiar with or a new word that I just don't know the definition to. When I think about 
how it was used in a sentence, in a sentence and, you know, the words that were surrounding this and the actual placement of the word in that sentence, it helps me um, identify the possible meaning of this word. So context definitely matters. And even when I'm trying to use that word that I learned from hearing someone else use it, I go back and think before I use it. Okay, well, they used it in this certain context. So if I'm going to use this word or enter into my everyday vocabulary, I need to think about the context in which it was used. Not saying that that's the only way that the word can be used, but at the top of my mind, the first thing I'm going to remember is how I heard Jack use this specific word. And until I learned the different other definitions, if the word has other definitions, until I learn, you know, other existing definitions of the word, more than likely, I will probably use that word in the context that I heard my friend using it. So I definitely think that context matters and um, placement matters. And these are things that should be stressed when coming to new vocabulary words and things like that when it comes to oral language. Okay, so we'll move on to written language. And one of the takeaways that I took from written language is written language is not merely oral language written down. Teachers need to know how written language contrasts with speech so that they can help their students acquire literacy. So the first line is extremely, extremely important. I think that that's one of the biggest struggles that people acquiring a new language or English in general, or just a language in general, um, or even people that's teaching these languages. Sometimes, I mean, I would hope that it's not as, you know, oblivious to the teachers because these are things that they should know. I agree with the article, but for students, I think that it's hard trying to differentiate the the way that something sounds and the way that it is spelled because they are very differently and it is a bit confusing. Like it's actually very confusing. And when you're learning new things and new words and you're trying to sound it out as best you can and come up with the spelling of it, it's hard. It, it, it really just is. And so one of the questions that I took away from written languages. Why is English spelling so complicated? This is probably a million dollar question. Um, I think that when it comes to this, English may be one of the more complex languages because things simply just, uh, in most cases, in a lot of cases, I won't say most, but in a lot of cases, they just do not, they are not spelled the way that they sound. Um, and the article says that these two forces have led to what is called deep orthography for English, an orthography which the match of sound and spelling is complex and dependent on many factors. This is not to say that English spelling is illogical, irrational, or impossible to teach. I think that it just says that it's difficult. I mean, it's very possible, obviously, because we all speak um, this language and most of us are proficient at speaking and spelling and writing um, the English language, those of us who have been doing it for quite some time. But as far as someone new to acquiring English, I can imagine that it's incredibly hard.
Um, so one of the second questions that I took, or not one of, it wasn't a question. Um, one of the second takeaway, takeaways that I took is educators must have a solid enough knowledge of grammar to support children's writing development, which is very true also. Um, in order to teach someone to perfect or master, um, so to speak, a language, especially English language, you have to be aware of, you know, the grammatical ins and outs and things like that when it comes to um, writing, when it comes to writing and written language. Together with lexical knowledge, grammatical understanding is a crucial factor in understanding text. Every teacher ought to know enough about the structure of English and the ways that words combine in sentences to be able to um, help students acquire knowledge, which basically just goes back on what I just stated in order to successfully help students acquire these things. Um, then teachers must be aware of these things. I agree. There are a very lot of um, really good points in the second half of this article, and I would encourage everyone to read it, especially those who aspire to be teachers, even students, because it gives a different insight for both, both sides. Thank you, and we'll see you guys on the next episode of Teacher Talk.